Sunday school class can be dismissed. And God bless you all for your faithfulness and all your help, all your kindness, all your prayers. Praise God. Pray for me. We pray God's will be done, God's direction. We thank God for just everybody helping like Brother Mike was talking about. We, we, we need to get together, be in one place in one accord. Amen. I know sometimes you may feel a little unique and special. God bless you. Hallelujah. But you know, uh, sometimes it's important to just be able to be conscious of what's going on around you and get into that. Amen. You know, I'm just walking with Jesus. Well, we need to walk with Jesus as a body. Amen. And sometimes... What we think is us being led by the Spirit is our own stubbornness and rebellion. When we need to have the mind of Christ together, we can accomplish so much more. Amen. As a family, as a family, you know, uh, it's you get together to do something together, an activity together, and one person says, well, you know, I don't feel like this. I feel like something else. And somebody else says, well, I feel like doing this, and nothing ever gets done. Amen. Praise the Lord. But when you come together, and sometimes you put your own feelings aside and say, what's best for us? You remember what Jesus said when we pray? Our Father. Amen. Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And it's us. It's together. Amen. We'll do so much better together. If you have John 3, say amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth of your word. Help us, God, I pray. Lord, to look into your word and to see it, God, and understand it and apply it to our lives, God. Lord, we ask you, I pray, Lord, to, to speak to our hearts, God. Not only help us to, to be better, Lord, to be filled with you and your truth and abide in you, but God, that we would be able to express and teach others, God, to show others your word. God, have your way in this service today. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. John 3, we are going to read verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God bless you. You can be seated. This is... uh, Known as the most known, the most familiar scripture in the Bible. And you'll see it plastered. I suppose I haven't really never been involved in in, uh, professional sports at all. So, But I understand sometimes out in the stands people be holding John 3.16 up in the stands. And a lot of people, I saw somebody the other day at an event with it written on on their face. John 3.16. And uh, what a beautiful scripture it is. And the truth that is in that is, is why it's just such a, a blessing to us. And that, that God's love, God's love, God's love when we weren't worthy to be loved. Love the whole world. Loved us while we were yet in sin. And he loved us. And thank God, Sister Daphne was talking about the the truth of God's Word, the doctrines of, of the Word of God, we understand what it says. He sent His only begotten Son. Amen. There was a birth that day in Bethlehem. It doesn't say His only eternal Son. 
His only begotten Son. The Bible says, For unto us a child is born, to unto us a son is given. And His name should be called Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. God with us. Not a part of God, not a piece of God, but the fullness of divinity, the fullness of the Godhead in a body, the Bible says. God manifested in the flesh. He be- gave His only begotten Son, that flesh, that body that would die on a cross. God couldn't die. You can't kill God. He's eternal. He's immortal. That's part of the job description. If you're not eternal and immortal, you're not God. So He had to put on a, a robe of flesh. And that, that part of... that that carnal flesh that was born there in Bethlehem. To wit, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself. That that flesh would die. That flesh that was born. That flesh who was the Son. Amen. Praise God was given. That if we believe in Him, Amen, we would not perish, but have everlasting, eternal life. Amen. I... I could go on and on, but I feel a direction here this morning. Because what I did here, even up to the last minute when I took my notes and put them in to uh, the iPad that I'm using to preach out of, I, I cut this down to just one verse. And you know if you've ever been here at all, you know that when I take a text, I, 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 don't, hard, I don't hardly ever just take one verse. And this was even very difficult for me because the verses leading up to it and the verses after it are just so, make it even more so beautiful. The more you understand the Word, the more you will love the author of the Word. Amen. Sadly, I, I use this verse only reading it out of context to make a point that I, I, I want to be just very careful. I'm taking my time because I want you to understand. I, I don't rejoice at this. I'm not excited about the fact that the beauty that is in this verse has been misused so much. It has been taken out of context. Misused and abused. I, I, I love it. I believe it. It's God's Word. And that makes it special to me. Amen. But in its use and misuse that I have heard many, many, many use it to say that this verse teaches us the plan of salvation, that if you'll believe, and thank God for belief. Amen. I believe in belief. (laughs) I think another way to say it is faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. I'm not taking anything away from faith. I'm not taking anything away from belief. And the very importance that the Bible gives us. But I want to tell you, I believe in taking the Word in its context. And when you take a text out of context, you're prone to misuse it. And when you say that it takes belief and it takes faith, I'd say yes, yes, and yes, amen, amen. But when you start saying that this is one of several verses that I'm going to read to you today in context, this means that if you will believe in Jesus, 
that makes you a Christian and there is nothing else. That baptism doesn't matter. Those are, those are fighting words in a lot of churches. I believe. How dare you add that to it? Did I? Did I add that to it? Or did, did you subtract from what Jesus was saying? believe so it doesn't matter if I'm baptized in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Spirit. That has nothing to do with it. You're adding to that. Am I adding to the Word? See, when I take people to the Word of God, this happened recently and happens regularly when I will give a Bible study. and Just last week, I I, I had a Bible say a week before that same. I said, here's here's a Bible verse talking about what it means to be saved. And and as I talk about that verse, I'll go the whole way back into the Old Testament and talk about what the law was for. Take it up to what Jesus said about it before his death, burial and resurrection. Take it right up to. After he rose again, what he was saying to the disciples before he ascended into heaven. And then take you to that chapter and show you exactly who they're talking to, why they're saying that, and what happens when when it's going on and afterwards. But so often I talk to people who have, have called themselves believers and Christians for most of their lives and, and ask them, do you know who he was talking to? Do you know the nature of that conversation? Because if you take something out of context of what anyone is saying, you, you, you're prone to make a mistake. Does this verse teach us that as long as you believe in Jesus, that baptism is unnecessary, that being filled with the Holy Ghost is unnecessary? Well, let's back up into into this context of John 3. And we'll back up and we'll start in verse 3 for sake of time. I want to cover a lot of things here this morning. But Nicodemus, a religious leader, comes to Jesus by night and, and begins to talk. And Jesus gets down, to the, gets down to the heart of things. Jesus, in verse 3, answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Say, I believe. You know the Bible says the devil believes? And he trembles. How many people calling themselves Christians have no concept of the fear of God? Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Without a born-again experience. This is what Jesus led with when he told him, you got to believe. What do I have to believe? Nicodemus didn't understand. See, he was still looking at things through his own natural eyes, even though he was a, a religious leader. He was a scholar of the Bible. We talked about that last week, I believe. Nicodemus said unto him, saith unto him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. 
that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, thee, you must be born again. My question is, and I don't think it's an unreasonable question. And I've, I've pastored. I'm not saying I've, I don't have a lot to learn. But I've pastored for, give or take, around 25 years. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost probably a lot more than that. And really sought God to, to witness and, and, and be a light. And, and ever since I, I, God, God touched my life and got me out of playing church and going through the motions and gave me a Bible, a new birth experience. I I did my best to try to shine that light and tell people what it, what the Bible teaches to be saved. My question is, can you can you say you believe in him? Can you say you believe in Jesus Christ as can you call him Lord? And ignore the things he taught. Is is that the biblical idea of belief? Can you say, I believe in Him, I put my complete confidence and trust in Him as my Lord and Savior, and not know what He taught? Not obey what He taught? Can you say that you love Him with all your heart, and not follow Him? Not seek Him? Not obey Him? See, Jesus said very clearly... That if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. That's what he said. Not everyone that saith, Lord, Lord. But they that do the will of the Father. Amen. To call him Lord. He said, why do you call me Lord and not do the things I say? So if we take John 3, 16 out of its context and say, well, I believe that and that makes me a Christian... What gives us the right to pull that out and not see who we're believing in and what he means and what, who, what he said? And he said to be born of the water and of the Spirit. In Mark, the 16th chapter, this is the Great Commission. After Jesus died on the cross, was buried for three days and three nights, and rose again, he meets with his disciples for 40 days. He is walking with them. The Bible says through many infallible proofs, he shows them that he's alive. He, he talks to them about the fulfillment of Scripture that happened in the cross. And some of the last words he spoke before he ascended into heaven, before the birth of the New Testament church that we're a part of. How many people live in their lives calling themselves Christians know that Jesus told his disciples, go, he said unto them in verse 15, Mark 16, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Every creation of God. He's getting them ready to realize this isn't just going to be to the Jews. This is going to be a whosoever will covenant. Amen? He that believeth... Well, no, I'm sorry. I'm, he that believeth and 
And who's speaking? This isn't me. This isn't me taking something out of context. This isn't me adding that Jesus is talking about belief. Jesus is talking about faith. Did Jesus say, believe and nothing else matters? I mean, if you want to do these things for a ceremonial good, an outward show of an inward experience, he doesn't say that. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Did Jesus teach in John 3.16 that belief in Him meant that baptism is not important? Amen? Did somehow He say that the Holy Ghost infilling was not important. It's not what Jesus taught. In John, the seventh chapter, in John 7, verse 37, It says in the last day, that great day of the feast, there was a Old Testament feast day, a festival or a holiday, you might say, going on. And it says, Jesus stood and cried. He lifts up his voice, cries out, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, there's that word again. It's important. Our trust in him. Our faith in Him. But sadly, so many people believe that saying I believe in Him or on Him means, oh, don't, you're, you're, you're trusting in works. You're doing something wrong to talk about being baptized in water. You're, you're, you're adding to the gospel message to talk about being filled with His Spirit. Jesus said, He that believeth on Me, as the Scripture hath said, not believing according to false doctrine, not believing on verses taken out of context, but as the Scripture said, out of His belly shall flow rivers of living water. What could he possibly mean by that? You don't have to guess. You don't have to guess at all. Because if you read the very next verse, but this spake he of the Spirit, which they that, what? Believe on him should receive. For the, what, why not? But the Holy Ghost, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So he's pointing to an event that would happen after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. He said, if you believe as the Scripture saith, you're going to receive power of the Spirit of God that will fill you, and out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. That's his promise. Say, brother, I want that. I'm trying to tell you that faith cometh by hearing. 
The more I preach this to you, the more faith should rise up in you and God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. Amen. This is his word. Well, brother, I believe. Believe as the scripture saith. Well, I, I can give you Bible verse. You know, that's. I really do wish. I really do wish. I, I, I'm not saying I don't believe for a second that that, oh, you know, more than anybody else. No. You think you're the only church? Absolutely not. No way. But I don't believe that you can just go to the closest one to your house. I, I, I wish I wish it were different. I wish I wish everybody just just understood the word of God. But sadly, there's just so many that are saying, I'm telling you, I know what the Bible says and I believe on him and I, I, I believe and, and I have eternal life because of my belief on him. That does not take, you can't take that out of the context of what Jesus taught. Even in the very conversation that he was having with Nicodemus. Have you ever just had somebody do that to you? Is there, is there much more frustrating things that could happen than somebody taking something you said out of context and throwing it in your face. You said this! Did you hear anything else except what you wanted to hear? What was convenient for you to hear? That's what we do with Jesus. We turn after this, what he was talking about after his glorifying, after his death, burial, and resurrection, Acts 1 is another bit of that great commission that we see in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and here in the book of Acts, the first chapter, his last words before he ascends into heaven. Jesus had died on the cross for the sins of the world. Jesus had been buried and rose again the third day. And he comes to his disciples that fled, that hid. Even Peter denied. And he comes to them. In Acts 1, verse 4, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. What? Thought I'm going into all the world. Right? Going to preach this to every creature. But this is part of what he said that last day before he ascended. Don't depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water... If it's not important, why did Jesus, why was Jesus baptized? Well, he said it was to fulfill all righteousness. If it's not important, why does the Bible say that Jesus and his disciples baptized more people than even John baptized? It's the word of God. I could spend a lot more time. I'm I'm, I'm trying to keep moving here, but. Jesus said, John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Not many days hence. Drop down to verse 8. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witness unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and in the uttermost parts of the earth. Jesus told them, that day, his last days face to face in, in glorified flesh, he tells them, go and wait, tarry in the city of Jerusalem, and you will receive the power of the Holy Ghost there. 
hadn't been poured out yet. But we look back and know that it had been poured out. If you believe Him, follow Him. If you believe Him, obey Him. To say that I believe and to ignore what He said about the gospel. It's just so sad. So we've read this so many times, but I I want to read it again in light of this. So we go into the book of Acts. You see there uh, the second chapter. You see in the very first verse, they were all gathered together in one place in one accord. This is the day, that very day, just, just as the day of Passover, the Lamb of God was slain. Jesus, now this day of, uh, of, of festival of Pentecost, God pours out His Spirit, fulfilling that festival, fulfilling that Old Testament holiday. The Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. The Bible says it was noised abroad. A crowd gathers around. Read it through the book of Acts, the second chapter. For, for sake of time, I'll summarize this. But they're gathered around. Some are amazed. Some mock them and say, look at that. They're acting drunk. Peter stands up and realizes this was what was prophesied in our Old Testament. We didn't see it coming. But here it is, just like Joel talked about. Hey, Isaiah talked about with stammering lips and an unknown tongue. Ezekiel talked about receiving the Spirit. He said, this is that. This is what the prophets told us about. This is what Jesus told us was going to happen. The Bible says in verse 37, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. Don't be afraid when you start feeling uncomfortable with the Spirit of God. Amen. Let it, let it make you uncomfortable where you are. Don't back up. Draw near. Draw near. Let it invite you to come closer to Him. They are pricked in their heart. Said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? I want to remind you of something. We're going to get back to this thought. Peter just got filled with the Holy Ghost. Peter, ten days before, talked with Jesus. Amen? And saw Jesus lift off from the earth and ascend into heaven. Amen? Peter heard Jesus teach for three and a half years. Amen? When they came to him after he was filled with the Holy Ghost... He wasn't standing there making it up as he went. They said, men and brethren, what shall we do? And he did not answer them, hey, if you only believe, nothing else will matter. That was not Peter's response. Peter said to them, repent. You know what repentance is? Repentance is the action the reasonable action behind really believing that Jesus died for your sins. If you really believe He hung on that cross for you and that you are a sinner and lost, you will be sorry for that sin, turn away from that sin, and turn to Jesus. That's repentance. That is true faith. That is true belief. When you really believe, you're going to turn away from the sin and turn to the Savior. And he said, be baptized. Peter, what are you talking about? Hey, I heard what Jesus said. 
Be baptized every one of you. You know, in Acts, the 10th chapter, you don't have to turn to it right now. He commanded them to be baptized. He commanded them. What are you doing, Peter? I'm following Jesus. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins. Has Peter gone off the rails? Where is he getting all this? He heard Jesus. Can I tell you something else? I heard people say, well, I'm going to believe Jesus first, not Peter. Do you really think Peter stood up, filled with the Holy Ghost for the first time, is contradicting what Jesus taught? That somehow in your Bible you've got to figure out what is, what is right and what is wrong to follow? See, not only did Jesus hear what Peter, what Peter hear what Jesus preached. Listen, the disciples that were there heard, heard what Peter was preaching. You don't see for a minute something. Whoa, 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 Peter! What are you saying? Where did you get this? They knew the whole chapter of Third John. Amen. The whole. Discussion with Nicodemus, everything Jesus had said up to that point. Amen. There was no contradiction here. This was fulfilling what Jesus had been telling them for three and a half years. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, I've been told by preachers, well, this is good. Yeah, but that was for those that were Jewish. This was what the Jews at that time needed to hear to be saved. They had a hard time believing Jesus was their Messiah. So the Jews had to use his name in baptism. And they had to receive this a certain way. And Peter didn't say that. He didn't say that. In fact, he baptized Cornelius the Gentile in Acts 10 in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Commanding them. Peter said, this promise is unto you. It's also to your children. And to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. If God's calling you to be saved, this promise is for you. No matter where you're born, no matter what your family tree is. Amen. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. And they that gladly received his word were baptized And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Peter heard what Jesus taught. He didn't pull that one verse out of context. But he knew what Jesus said about being believing. As the scripture said. Believing and be baptized. Being born again of the water and of the spirit. It's the word of God. It's the word of God. Romans, the 10th chapter. Romans 10. A lot of flyers, tracks, a lot of uh, teaching today will refer to what man has called the Romans Road. The Romans Road. Again, someone shared this scripture with me years ago one time when I gave them a bit of a Bible study. I was in a factory. And I had lunch break. We got to talking. I opened up my Bible. 
And they turned to Romans 10, verse 9, and said, This is, listen now. They said, This is the bare minimum it takes to be a Christian. I thought, how can somebody even say those words? Jesus didn't do the bare minimum for me. I don't believe there is a bare minimum. The Bible talks about how should we escape if we neglect so great a salvation. We've been given a great salvation. The Bible, I've heard people say, well, let's go to Romans, what is it, 3. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Jump over to Romans 6. And for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Then end up in Romans 10. and All great scriptures. I believe every one of them. But not one of them was, was ever meant to be taken out of the chapter and just being, being used for something out of context. This verse in Romans 10 says, If you confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in, all, in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So if I, I confess him and I believe, again, can we believe without following him? Can we believe without knowing what he taught? Does that belief mean that we follow him and do exactly what he said uh, to be born again? See, that makes sense to me. If you take someone and says, you must be born again. If you're not born again, you won't see the kingdom of God. You've got to be born not in the flesh, but in the water and the spirit. And then we say, I believe on him. Yes, are you going to be born again? Are you going to? No. I just said, I believe. That's enough. Is that what that means? Of course not. You know, just in that very chapter, if you drop down just a few more verses in uh, verse 14. You know, a lot of times they say, well, I, I believe I've confessed him and I believe in my heart that he was raised from the dead. I don't need to go to church. I believe I've got that bare minimum scripture. And then verse 14 says, how, how, how then shall they call on him? Whom they have not believed. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe on him? Of whom they have not heard. How shall they hear without a preacher? I'm going to believe because I heard it. Where do I hear it? From a preacher preaching the gospel to me. Tell me about Jesus. Tell me the story of Jesus. Tell me of his birth. Tell me of his life. Tell me of his miracles. Tell me of his teaching. How should they preach except they be sent? See, there's probably the, the heart of this problem. Some are sent. Some just went. Some think this is a great idea just to, you know, have an opportunity, go to school. Can't, uh, don't know how to turn a wrench or program a computer or anything like that. We're just, uh, God help us, nation. As people that have learned how to motivate, learned how to stir up emotions, but not learned how to, to know Jesus in His Word. Amen. How shall they preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings to, of good things. The Bible talks about the milk of the Word and the meat of His Word. We might talk about that more tonight, but 
It's not even milk to take things out of context and to take things without really seeing, hey, what is God trying to say? Take this and deny and ignore everything else about faith and just say, I believe that's it. Don't you add anything to that? Jesus did. Jesus described what it means to believe. He said, if you believe as the scriptures say it, this is what's going to happen. If you believe and are baptized, you'll be saved. This is what Jesus taught. Romans 10 is a letter to a church. Romans 10 is a letter to a church full of believers. Romans 6. This is, this is not, you know, I'm sure, these numbers of verses and chapters, I'm thankful for them. Makes it easier for me to say, uh, you know, hey, let's turn to Romans 6 and start here. If it wasn't there, I mean, you'd either have to take my word for it or just say, hey, uh, keep going till you see the word uh, no. Okay. <laughs> no, not N-O-K-N-O. And, uh, and it, it may be in this book maybe 49 times. But, but, but understand, sometimes these things, they're, they're very much put in arbitrarily, just kind of, uh, you know, the people doing the best they can to break it down in manageable bites. You can't take a verse out of the context of what's being taught. You can't take it out of the context of the greater picture of the gospel. Amen. You can't stubbornly fight and say, I'm holding on to this one verse that says I believe and not recognize all the things that Jesus talked about belief. Romans 6 says, no, ye not. Now, he's talking about repentance. He's saying, how can we sin that grace may abound. God forbid. How are we that are dead to sin? He's talking about a repentance experience. And he goes on in verse 3 and says, Know ye not so many of us. Who's us? Paul and the church in Rome. How many of us were, ba- were baptized? It's not some of you might have been. He's explaining their baptism and what it means to be baptized. And how it relates to their sin and their life of righteousness. Whether or not they were baptized in water or filled with the Spirit is not up for debate. These people were already, these people he's talking about believing and confessing, he already had a a born-again experience of the water and the Spirit that Jesus taught. Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Believe? Yes. Confess? Absolutely. But what about what he taught? What about what, what he, he practiced? Is it okay to just ignore that? How? How is that all right to take everything Jesus said about that and say, I believe on him. as my He's my Lord and I love him more than anything else in the world. Did you know he said, believe and be baptized? Did you know he said, if you believe, as the scripture said, you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost? Oh, I know, I know. The thief on the cross is... No idea how many times I've had people come to me just in in the last several weeks and say, that man, he never 
He never was taken to the water. Buried with Christ who hadn't been buried yet? He'd never been filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus said the Holy Ghost wasn't given until he was glorified. We're talking about a man that was living before the resurrection. We're talking about a man who was still there right at the very end. And I do believe we'll see him in heaven. But to compare him to a New Testament birth. Amen. And say because a thief was on the cross, I don't have to be baptized. I don't have to obey what Jesus said. I don't have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. He is not the person you want to point to. Amen. You know, while he was hanging on the cross, Peter, the preacher, was denying he even knew God, the Lord. This was a different dispensation, is what we call it. Uh, a different time frame of before the resurrection, before the outpouring of the Spirit of God. He is not the, the, the classic um, example of a New Testament new birth. Because the Lamb had not been slain. He was in the process. But he could not. Last person that spoke with me about this talked about him. Oh, he never went to church. He never had a preacher. He never uh, spoke in tongues. He never was baptized in water. Hmm. That's true. That's true. But the sad thing is that you're not recognizing is that Jesus was paving the way for every one of those things to happen. Jesus was getting ready to open that door. Amen. That we could have this New Testament salvation. That when Jesus died on the cross, because when this person explained this to me, then they went on to say, if you aren't a Christian, let me tell you the gospel message of how Jesus died on the cross, was buried and rose again. And I wanted to say, you know what? The thief on the cross didn't hear that message. Nobody told the thief on the cross Jesus died for his sins. Nobody told him that he was buried and rose from the dead. Nobody told because it hadn't happened yet. He's not the test case for New Testament new birth. He couldn't hear a gospel message. The gospel hadn't been fulfilled yet. Acts, the 16th chapter, tells us. That we need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Acts 16. Verse 31. They said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. You're going to believe on him and be saved. Absolutely. Is that saying, as many have Taught and believed. Here's the plan of salvation. Nothing more, nothing less. This is clear that you don't need to be baptized. How embarrassing for them. Because this was happening after after the preacher was beaten and thrown in prison. And in the midnight hour, he was singing praises unto God. The Bible says God performed a miracle. Read it in this chapter. God opens up the prison doors and the, the jailer there in Philippi was going to commit suicide because he would knew that he was going to be executed brutally for, for allowing these prisoners to escape. And 
And Paul said, don't. Don't hurt yourself. We're still here. And the man falls on his knees and says, what do I need to do? After midnight, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. And they spoke the word. They spake unto him the word of the Lord. Wait, what are you doing? I'm reading the rest of the verses. And to all that were in his house, he starts preaching to them. And he took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, and was baptized. He and all his, all his straightway immediately. Does this scripture say that just because you believe it, you don't need to be baptized? That has nothing to do with it. At, after midnight at some time in the wee hours of the morning. He doesn't do it just to prove a point. He baptizes him right there. It's teaching the exact opposite. That when you believe and you put your confidence in God, you're going to bury that old life. It's not about a a, a ceremony. It's okay. God's doing a work here. And like I told you, in Acts, the 10th chapter, Peter is preaching to to those that were not Jews. It was a very specific, important thing to to recognize because to that point, God had made a covenant with the Jewish people, the the children of Abraham and that family tree. And it was was kind of an us and them thing. But God was going to open that door to the rest of the world, to whosoever will. And Peter goes in there and preaches. And while he's preaching, the Holy Ghost falls on them. They begin to speak with other tongues. He literally says, how did we know? We, We knew that they got the Holy Ghost for we heard them speak in tongues. And then he said, can a man forbid water? And he baptizes them, commands them to be baptized, commands them. Peter, who not only followed him, but now is filled with him. We've read this so many times. Let me read through it again. Acts, the 19th chapter. Take a little bit of time, just very little bit of time here. But Acts 19 came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, verse 1, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, found, finding certain disciples. If you don't know your Bible and you just know a few choice scriptures, you're going to miss this. And if you've heard it preached wrong so many times, I'll tell you what happens. Your mind goes to the verses you've been told, told and taught what are right. And your eyes kind of glaze over for the rest of it. And they jump out another verse, say, I know what this means. But if you pray and say, God, I want to know your word in context. I want to know what this means, why they're doing it. The Bible says here are certain disciples. Somebody say disciples. These weren't just your run-of-the-mill unbelievers that didn't know anything. And the Bible says that Paul just asked them this question. And he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? So they're believers. He does not call into question their belief. Right? Right? But he also does not come into this with the false idea that when you believe, you're filled with his spirit because that's just what everybody knows. The Bible teaches, I guess, except Paul didn't know it. 
And God used him to write a bunch of it. So somebody's mixed up. I'm not going to say it's Paul. Paul went into this wondering if they had been filled with the Holy Ghost since they believed. So he, he not only was obviously under the idea that you don't receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost just as a necessary conclusion of belief. But he also did not just assume that they had it. He asks them. So that also tells me it must be important. It must be important that you believe as the Scriptures say, that Jesus taught. Amen. He's given you a promise. Did you receive it yet? They said, we don't know anything about it. Look what it says. He said, I have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe. They said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Not telling you something's wrong with you. Not telling you you must have some kind of sin in you. That might just be ignorance. You might just need to be taught. Amen. You might just need to say, it's not fair. I don't understand why I don't have it. There might just be a need to, to, to have this taught to you. He goes on and says, we have not so much as heard. He goes on and says, under what then were you baptized? They said, under John's baptism. They were baptized. John came baptizing. And, uh, but now that Jesus has been buried and risen again, we are baptized in his name. And he looks at them and says, well, John's baptism was good for its time. Paul says in verse 4, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, when they heard this, these disciples, these believers, it wasn't, oh, that's great, you, 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 get, you got baptized, huh, Paul, that's neat. We didn't get baptized. Oh, you know, we're all going to the same place. We all believe the same thing. They were able to be taught. They were able to be taught. They were able to see it. Paul, Paul said, you know, this, it wasn't a debate. It was, it was a man helping some believers to grow and learn. It doesn't have to be more than that. Religion makes people stubborn. Who do you think you are telling me? Are you saying I'm not, I'm not a Christian? It doesn't have to be all that. It doesn't have to be all that. You know, just thank God you have the ability to learn and to grow and to move, move on. Amen. Well, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Not one time, let me say this, not one time in your New Testament after Jesus rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, not one time in Acts 2 you see people being baptized, in Acts 10, in Acts, uh, in Acts 8, in Acts 19, you even see Paul being baptized, always calling on the name of the Lord, the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Never once do you see people using those titles of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's Jesus. Amen. That's who he is. That's the name, the proper name. There's authority in his name. There's authority in his name. I believe every time you'll see them, they'll use that name of authority. He is my Father. Amen. Say, oh, you don't believe in the Father, Son, I do, I do, I believe. It's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Amen. One baptism. He is my Father. He's the Son in redemption. He's the Holy Ghost to fill us and give us power. Amen. 
when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Paul laid his hands upon them. Why? Why? They believed. What's the point? This is what Jesus taught. This is what the New Testament teaches on and on and on. The Bible says the Holy Ghost came on them. They spake with tongues and prophesied. All the men were about twelve. Uh, it, it, to believe, to truly believe does not mean you can ignore everything Jesus said about being born again. Obey it. Obey the gospel. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Jesus paid the price. Jesus did the work. And Jesus told us to follow him. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That's not my words. Peter was there hearing him say it. And when they came to him after he was filled with the Holy Ghost, he wasn't going to deny the Lord anymore. He stood up with boldness and said, repent of your sins and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. And you shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. This promise is for you. I'm excited. Excited for the truth. But so saddened that so many, so many have just followed after this scripture taken out of context. This verse saying it means something that it was never meant to say. Pray. Study your Bibles. Learn. God will... The Bible says, lead you into all truth. I pray today. My heart was not to try to criticize or condemn anyone, but just to teach what Jesus taught, what the Word teaches. The Bible says we're built upon a foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. If we don't build our church on that foundation, we are not the church of this New Testament. God, help us. Help us to shine a light. Help us, Lord, to lead people to you. Let's, let's all find a place to pray.
Bible says fables put together by men with cunning craftiness is what the Bible says. The Bible talks about seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. There's a lot of false teaching that are leading people away from what Jesus truly taught. I haven't pulled anything out of context. I'm not taking anything out of my own ideas or thoughts or some manual or doctrine of of a denomination, but I bring to you the words of God. Follow Him. Follow Him. here this morning. Thank you for your help. God, thank you for those that love your truth. The Bible talks about these last days when there would be a people who would not receive the love of the truth and believe a lie. God, help us. Lord, have open eyes, open hearts to follow you. Bless each one, I pray, God. Bless each one, I pray in Jesus' name. Let's all stand. God, I pray again that you would just keep us safe as we travel. Bless, Lord, this day for your glory. Lord, we love you. Bless the service tonight, God. We pray if you tarry, Lord, we ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you.